to stick to your plan and absorb and talk to anybody you can that does this, whether it's somebody that's been doing it for 30 years or whether they've been doing it for 20 minutes. Everybody has something to offer and you just got to listen. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're gonna help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're gonna help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're gonna be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're gonna help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Johnny Andrews. How you doing, Johnny? I'm living the dream, man. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And a little bit about Johnny. He's an ER nurse turned real estate investor, currently owns... 114 single-family homes with his brother, was able to create his portfolio in seven years while working full-time as a nurse based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So with that being said, Johnny, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, man. I would like to amend that number just to sign a purchase agreement on another six more this weekend. So we're going to be at 120. Wow. wow. And pretty excited about it. But I just wanted to amend that number. Basically, this is kind of my full-time gig now. I was working part-time as a nurse and I got injured in November of last year, so I can't be a good nurse. I just get to ride around with my cane and crutches at the moment. 
My main focus is the single family homes in the Baton Rouge area. And the bulk of them are all lower income houses. We got a bunch of section eight, but we cater to a crowd that working class and just done very well for me and my brothers. Well, we'll go with what you've acquired so far. So in seven years, you acquired 114. That is 16 a year, which it's weird that math. It would seem like it'd be more a year, but 16 homes a year times seven years, 114. So what have you and your brother been doing to acquire so many homes? And I heard you when you said they were lower income, so I believe that means they're also lower price point. But can you just talk about your business? Yeah, man. So I think like 2006, 2007, I was working like a dog in the emergency room, not making too much money. And I knew there would be something different. There's got to be something else out there. So I was looking at some houses. I was going to buy one for like $100,000, put some money into it and flip it. And this might sound a little hyperbolic, but the housing market seemed to crash overnight. And I would have gone bankrupt if I would have bought that house. So I ended up not doing anything. And a couple of years passed. And I just kind of was looking around for houses. I saw houses around me that were selling for thirty, forty thousand dollars that were written between seven and nine hundred dollars a month. So everybody thought I was crazy. Nobody wanted to do anything with me. Everybody tried to talk me out of it. So I went and bought my first one by myself. How much was it? I think it was thirty three thousand. Okay. And I put a renter in it for seven hundred fifty dollars a month. And at the end of the year I had a pile of cash. For me, if I make it forty five thousand dollars a year. A third of that is a pile of cash to me. So somebody had four more houses. I went to buy these four houses. I kind of told my brother about it. My brother's like, let's do it. So we pulled the $25,000 that we saved up our entire lives together. And we bought those four and just been rolling ever since. And it was a struggle at first. What I've learned about the low-income housing is that it's management, management, management. If you're not hands-on in the management, then you don't stay on top of your game it will bite you in the butt in the end. So we ended up starting our own little management company too. Not real. We don't manage anybody else's properties, but we have an office in the area and we do our own management. Did you ever try to hire that out to a third party? Oh yeah. We learned our <laughs> lesson. <laughs> yeah. and burn. We did, man. We did. My ability to explain it sounds smooth, but it didn't go smooth. We bought them from someone who was turnkey. So we'd buy from him. He'd manage them for a discounted rate. He would find the property, fix them up, turnkey. Here you go. We've got renters in them. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't do our due diligence. And these were nightmares. And they were terrible homes. They were empty. Our collections were in that low 60%. We were barely making the taxes and the mortgages. So the only way we could avoid bankruptcy was we bought a tax sale house on the main drag in Baton Rouge, put a sign out front, and took over our own property. We took them from them. At that time, we had 19 of them, and my mom is coincidentally retired. She used to run hospitals, so she does our books, and she's in the office. And ever since then, it's been a fantastic move on our part to open up our own office and do our own management. What must you enjoy doing in order to be successful managing these types of properties? I like the people. I like my tenants. I grew up in Baton Rouge. I like the culture. I like the area. Some of them are my tenants. And not only that, they were also my patients. So I have a relationship with a lot of them. I like helping out. There's a lot of single moms. We have a lot of Section 8 properties, which are my favorite. Hands down, I love Section 8 properties. And just being my own boss, working with my brother, working with my mom is fantastic. I couldn't imagine my life without doing this, actually, now. I'm glad I stumbled into it. With Section 8, you said you love it. It's probably because you get the payments on a consistent basis, 
but then there's the flip side of that, as I know you're much more aware than I am, of if you get an inspector who is having a bad day, then that could hold you up for a long period of time or if there's a grudge. Have you experienced any of the bad side of Section 8? I didn't know inspectors could have good days. <laughs> so I have definitely experienced it, but I have the inspector's phone numbers. We talk, we communicate, and it's hard at first to establish a relationship because there's a lot of carpetbaggers and scallywags that go in and out of these neighborhoods and that are truly skullduggerous slumlords. And they're bitter, probably just like police officers. Sometimes they think everybody's a criminal, but they finally, over the years, I've developed a relationship with them, but don't get me wrong. They will still break me in half when they have to, but I have good properties and I have good tenants. So the last five inspections I had, I didn't have to do anything. So it hasn't been terrible the last couple of years. What's been the biggest challenge that you've had within the context of managing lower income housing? On our cash clients collecting rent in a timely manner, I would say maybe 25 to 30% of our cash clients pay rent between the first and the fifth. Again, not being hyperbolic, it is crazy. We get the bulk of them between the 10th and the 15th. But a lot of that has to do with when the government sends their social security checks or the disability checks out. Mm -hmm. Our cash clients that make it complicated, but the hardest thing we've ever had to deal with was in 2006, they had a gigantic flood in North Baton Rouge and it flooded 20 of our properties and it was awful. Those people were in a bind and we were in a bind, but we pulled through. But collecting money for the cash clients is very hard. I went to eviction court today, by the way. Okay. What are some tips that you have for solving that? Oh, you have to stay on top. You abide by the lease and force them to abide by the lease. I think that a lot of the landlords take what they can get in the area that I am in. And if you sign the lease and you say you're going to pay between the first and the fifth and you don't, we file evictions. And over the last few months or years, however long we have to work on it, we'll get the bad ones out and get the good tenants in. And right now we are doing fantastic. Of all those properties, we have two vacancies. That's it. I've never had anything like that. This has been an amazing year and a half. If someone were to buy homes at that price point and work in similar areas that you're working in with your properties, what are some tips that you'd give them before they start out? Subway's hiring. No, I'm joking. You have to stay on it. You got to be hands on. You got to be willing to knock on doors and you have to hold people accountable. And finding a decent management company in such a labor intensive market is really, really hard. And I'm under the impression it might be different in other parts of the country, but where I am, you need to be the one knocking on the doors. They need to know who the owner is. That's just what I've experienced. So that's not a scalable model, or is it? No, I wouldn't think so. No, sir. It would have to be geographic and just where I'm willing to go. The good thing about it is the cash flow will allow me and my brother to diversify, which we're looking forward to doing. Just right now, we bought a big package in October of last year that we're trying to get settled in. And once that gets settled in, we're going to start broadening our wings. Why diversify? And I know I'm going against what I was kind of just saying where it's not that scalable, but on the flip side, I'm going to be devil's advocate for myself. Why go into other things if you've clearly had success with this? Of course, we're going to continue to expand and doing exactly what we're doing, where we're doing it. But it would also be nice to have other income streams where we don't really have to worry about too much. If we could put a pile of money together with me and my buddy or families and, and maybe buy an apartment complex in a higher end area, maybe in, even in another city, somewhere like Florida, somewhere in Oklahoma or Kentucky, 
and have a property management company run that bad boy. I like that a lot. Plus, I like staying busy, so that's why I'm going to keep doing what I have around. I live a mile from my office. It's fantastic. What's a typical day look like for you? I lay in bed at night wondering how I'm going to pay all my bills. Then I wake up really early in the morning and I make my rounds. I check out all the properties that might be vacant or where I sent somebody to go clean or maybe I sent my maintenance man to go patch some holes or hang some doors. Mm -hmm. I go check out all the stuff that was done the day before. And then I go in the office, check my Dropbox, answer my emails. And then basically I just field phone calls all day long. As soon as I get off with you, I got to go check out a tree fall on a house last night. Okay. So I got a bunch of properties that just got to babysit constantly. How do you and your brother divide responsibilities? Well, my brother is in the oil business and he's pretty busy. He runs a company. If we have to get financing or if he needs to wrangle emails or he does kind of the office stuff every once in a while, but I'm the hands-on guy. He's still running a company right now. Okay. We're not to the point where he's going to come on full time. Okay. How much on average factoring in expenses and vacancies and your gas to go knock on their door and all of that. How much on average does a home of yours make per month? Cash flowing between 250 and 275. Okay. Got it. And I have a secretary. I have a full-time maintenance man. I got some expenditures and then these are all C-class homes. So it's a lot of maintenance. So is that two to 275? Does that factor in those other expenses or you've also got to factor those in too? No, no, no. That's my put in the savings account. Okay. Got about 250 a house. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 250 to 275. Got some really good ones out there that do better than that, but across the board, that's what I'm average. Okay. Got it. That's a very profitable business because 250 times 12 times 114, $342,000 a year. What would you say the homes are worth right now? On average, 38 to 42. And are you getting financing? Yes, sir. What type of financing do you get on them? Uh, Five-year balloons, 20-year amortization. We don't really have to put too much down anymore because I have an investor that lets me borrow. I buy him cash, do some work to it, go to the bank and finance. We don't have to put money down. Okay. And it's all on a 20-year. We would love to have all this under one big portfolio loan. We're in the process Mm -hmm. of trying to figure out how to do that. We're in the infancy stages of knowing what we're doing. You got to bear with me on that one. Yeah, I get it. So the elephant in the room that probably is keeping you up more so than the bills and stuff, which they are obviously making money. So I know that was tongue in cheek a bit, but would be the five-year balloon, right? Because that's probably the biggest financial focus of yours, I would imagine, is getting these out of the five-year balloon payments. Yes, sir. And it's still really not that bad because if the banks ever come to it, they don't want to take over 114 (laughs) homes. Especially where ours are. So we got leverage and we'll make it work, I'm sure. We've already had to resign on the dotted line. So it'll be not that stressful, I guess. Right. Okay. And what has been one of your favorite properties and why? How about favorite package? Because we're buying packages sure. now. Yeah, buy package. All right, cool. So, Let's go with that. Okay. I guess in October of last year, we came across 38 houses from a couple of guys out of California that just got in over their head. And my brother and I were able to buy these. These are all 10-year-old houses. It had every appliance, central air and heat, wow. slab houses, only 10 years old. We bought all 38 of these for $1.1 mm-hmm. Out of pocket, 250000 for the down payment, which my brother and I had to squeeze together by the grace of God. And some blood banks, we were able to do that. <laughs> Sell your but, plasma. You get more money for that. 
Yeah, well, it's good to know, man. I called my roommate in college would do that on a weekly basis or as frequently as he could. We would save money, too. Back when I was in college, we'd go give blood and then go to the bar. So it wouldn't cost so much to get drunk. <laughs> Three beers and we were laying out in the grass to cool off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the good old that's, days. That's 29,000 a door. That's pretty good. 1.1. Oh, it's a, yeah, 38 homes, right? Yeah, 38. It is absolutely amazing. Our cash on cash return is 70%. I got lucky. I was severely injured in November. We bought the houses in October and I was working part-time as a nurse to pay the bills. And I guess I lucked out. I picked a good time to get hurt because me being able to buy those packages, I now can afford to not be a nurse anymore or work a second job. Not that I couldn't before, but now I could comfortably do it, keep the lights on and my wife won't leave me. So it's been a blessing, this last package, and we're super proud of it, and we got very lucky. The timing was impeccable. So that one, you and your brother got the down payment out of your own pockets. Yeah. The only time we ever did it. Only time you've done it. Okay, yep. so now the, the business model for you, if I heard you correctly, is you borrow from one investor, then you do the work, and then you refinance it with the bank so that you have no money in. Yes, sir. That's exactly what we're doing. And does the money for the rehab come from the initial investor who's fronting the money to buy? No, sir. We have cash reserves just from our business from cash flowing, and we don't take money out. We lead very frivolous lives. What are the terms for that one investor who you're borrowing money to buy the homes? I don't want to say it out loud because everybody listening is going to be jealous, but it's only 6%. Okay. Any points? Nothing. 6%. There you go. Yeah. So if the property takes you, say, six months to do a refinance, then it's six months annualized. So really you're paying him 3%? That's it. Yes, sir. And the longest we've ever held any money for him was probably 60 days. Wow. Huh. We're so lucky. I embarrassed myself for about six years trying to get him to do it. Mm -hmm. Finally, he did. And I love him mean? for it. What do you mean by that? I wanted to do it this way. I wanted to be able to buy houses cash because I know it would get better deals. I just didn't have access to it. So I kept begging the investor to just please let me. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. And then finally he sat me down at breakfast one day, me and my brother, and said, okay, I'll give you $250,000. I can do whatever you want with. And then we got the two fifty, and we immediately paid him back within a few weeks. And we just kept rolling since then. It's how we built up to 70, six houses we were able to do that way. Wow. Yeah, we got really lucky. Got some good people in our lives, that's for sure. Couldn't have done it without them, or it would have taken a lot longer. Well, based on your experience as a very hands-on real estate investor, which I love talking to hands-on investors because it's just completely different perspective from people who are not, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Just stick with it, and the numbers don't lie. You got to be consistent, have a plan, and stick to that plan. I know that sometimes you're going to have overages for your remodel, and sometimes things will be a lot cheaper than you thought, but you need to stick to your plan and absorb and talk to anybody you can that does this, whether it's somebody that's been doing it for 30 years or whether they've been doing it for 20 minutes. Everybody has something to offer, and you just got to listen. Read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It kind of got me started on it. Not so much real estate, but just kind of gets you in the right mindset. And just stick to a plan and always listen to advice. Just try to get knowledge from investors or builders or whomever. So you mentioned the numbers don't lie. I do remember you mentioning the turnkey seller that you're buying from and it ended up being 60% of collections. And I 
can guarantee that you did not think it would be only 60% of collections. So if a best ever listener is considering buying it from a turnkey provider, what are some questions that knowing what you know now, you'd make sure you would ask him or her, the turnkey provider? All the questions I had were all answered concisely and precisely. I didn't put my eyes on the property. I didn't crawl under the house and climb in the attic. I just saw the numbers that coincided with a picture. I didn't get my knees dirty and my fingernails dirty by looking around at the product. And I should have, especially in the market that I'm in. I guess I can understand if you're buying $200,000 homes in Orlando where snowbirds are moving to. Mm-hmm. But where I am in particular, you have to go look at the houses and make sure there weren't termite damage and make sure that it's not the 80 year old galvanized pipe. And then when they say they did a roof, they did a roof. Just don't take a man at their word. You got to go check. That's what I would recommend in my situation. Noted. And thank you for that. And so I'm putting myself in someone's shoes who is looking at turnkey properties and they're likely not the type of person who is going to want to and or have time to go get under the house that they're potentially looking at. And that's why they're using a current turnkey provider. So perhaps for them, they could pay someone locally to go look at it for them and just give an objective perspective on the area. So we just wouldn't take the turnkey provider's word on face value. Instead, we'd have an objective third party go physically look at it and just give a report on the area itself. I could never argue with that. Having a relationship with a broker or a realtor out there, maybe even take pictures and could send them that, like you said, objectively can look at something. That would be fantastic, actually. I think you talked me into doing it. (laughs) No, no, no. You keep getting on those houses. You're pretty good, Joe. No, it makes for more entertaining interviews. So you keep being the hands-on. I like it. (laughs) I got your back, man. Call me. I'll have Tales from the Hood every three weeks for you. (laughs) We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am, man. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom? Then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com. All right, what's the best ever resource that you use in your business? Something that you couldn't live without because it really helps you get the job done. MLS, actually. The MLS that everybody and their brother uses. I find fantastic deals on the MLS. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about already? Buying sight unseen. I'm going to stick with that one, even though we kind of talked about it. That sincerely bit me in the butt fairly significantly. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? I'm not as quick with my evictions as I should be. No, I'm joking. My brother and I, we give to his church and his school for his son a lot of money. I wish it was less, but it's a really good school and they take really good care of his two kids. I don't have any kids, so I live vicariously through him. And then I've been a nurse forever. I love people. I've been taking care of people for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I guess that's how I get back. Just being me. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? 
They can email John at breadstickbrothers.com or call me at 225-227-2512. And I'd love to talk shop. I would enjoy it immensely. I enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for talking about your business model, how you are buying packages of homes, the financing from the equity. Well, actually, I guess it's the double debt. One is you do a loan from a private investor, then you refinance it out and you put a longer term loan on it once and you cash out the original investor. And the tips that you have for managing lower income properties, as well as the focus for where you see the financing headed and how you're looking to get ahead of that with a larger loan that encompasses all the property. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Joe.